Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We're talking about being a tourist in your own home in the whole overall state of hospitality here in Erie. It's one of those, you know, that three-legged stool that we count on along with manufacturing and meds and eds. It's tourism and hospitality, a huge part of our economy, billion-dollar part of our economy. And to talk about it is the president and CEO of Visit Erie, John Oliver. Thanks for coming back on, John. Oh, thanks for having me, Joel. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate you coming on again. You are the expert. Uh, you kind of represent the community in in that sphere of uh, of convention and visitors bureau. And uh, what you were just telling me off the air is is really kind of a shocking statement. Again, we've had uh, we had the worst turn, uh, you know, shut off of our economy. You know, in decades, you know, a 35 percent drop in uh, in activity in the middle of 2020. But where are we at here in July of 2021? Well, Joel, that's uh, interesting. Um, certainly the pandemic had, had a devastating impact um, on the hospitality industry, uh, particularly in Erie. Um in terms of employment uh, and an impact. And while in 2020, uh, we certainly did better than we had uh, maybe projected we were going to do. However, what we're finding as we're progressing through 2021 is that we're now trending uh, in numbers that are comparable to 2019. And 2019 was a, was a very good year for tourism uh, in Erie. And so we're, um, you know, it's, it's as though 2020 is kind of a, was a lost year. Wow. Um, as, as we look to compare, but we certainly have come back and have seen numbers uh, that have actually in May, uh, in terms of our hotel occupancy tax, uh, we actually received more money in this May than we did in May of 2019. Um, so that's, it's very encouraging uh, and, and that's continued. I believe we're gonna see June is, is, was a very good month uh, in July to date from feedback I'm getting is we're, we're continuing to see um, good numbers. Um, I will say that, you know, the hospitality industry is, is still struggling in the sense of uh, finding employees. Yeah. It's extremely, they're finding it extremely difficult to be able to staff up uh, to the levels uh, that we had in 2019. And, uh, and, and so that's, uh, you know, provided uh, in, in some cases, restaurants are still only operating at 50% uh, because they can't find the employees or they're not doing lunch because they can't turn the tables fast enough with the number of employees uh, that they had. So, we're, we're continuing to, to see that as, as a struggle. Uh, but in terms of visitors, um, you know, starting back in uh, probably March, uh, actually the beginning of the year, but particularly March, then April and May, uh, we had a lot of events coming in 
that have a, a big impact. And, and even looking down the road, we have nine uh, conventions and meetings that are coming in in the last half of this year, uh, which again, is something that we didn't think we were gonna see until 2022. Incredible. I, I, I want I want you to kind of give me a handle on this and uh, because it sounds like it sounds like these numbers are huge, but it could be a, a tenuous situation if because if you cannot have the supply, it's like a supply chain problem. If you don't have the workers, especially, let's say, housekeeping in a hotel, if you can't turn that room around, you've, you've got trouble. But let's be let's see if we can get specific here. Uh, what would you normally like to see as far as occupancy is concerned uh, in a typical May around here? A typical May overall occupancy, you know, it's probably somewhere around 50%. Okay. And, and, and you know, that's, that's taking into account that, uh, you know, we have good weekends and uh, weather, but I, I, traditionally I would say it's somewhere you know, around that 50%. And so did we make that 50% in 2021, do you think? Yes. Yeah. In okay. May, we were, um, our overall occupancy, I think, was 53, 54%. And there's uh, been more hotels that have come online in the last 24 months. Is that accurate? We've had some, although, you know, there are two properties in the pipeline, 150-room Holiday Inn uh, off of Upper Peach, and that's coming online. Hope well. They're 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 saying now maybe August. Okay. And then there's the property downtown, um, the Red Roof uh, Suites, the the old Holiday Inn for people that remember on 18th and Peach. Yeah. Uh, where they've done a total uh, gut of the property and and uh, build out. That's moving along. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, we had last August. Uh, the uh, the Hampton Inn and Suites down on the Bayfront open. So we've seen more rooms come online and we've got more that are coming. Mm. Um, yeah, and again, that's a good indicator of the health of the overall market, that basically the, these are highly researched uh, situations. You don't just build a $10 million, $5 million hotel willy-nilly, right? No, and, and but, but, you know... It, all of these hotel projects were well underway um, or committed prior to the pandemic. Oh, okay. You know, they, it, so there's usually a, a couple years prior to them beginning. And so, uh, you know, the Hampton Inn and Suites and some of these others were too far in the pipeline not to continue sure. to move forward and open. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged that, um, you know, we're seeing the visitation that we have. And, and again, our visitation too is we're, we're starting to be able to spread that out. Uh, our uh, sports commission uh, in particular um, is looked at, you know, they had a tremendous number of events this year uh, in, uh, in April and May, uh, even the latter part of March uh, that, that really helped, um, you know, I think uh, with occupancy and, and visitation numbers uh, coming here. Uh, and as a matter of fact, because of the pandemic, we were able to see some of the events uh, that we hosted that uh, were larger in size because of the uh, efforts of the Sports Commission to be able to working with the universities 
in particular, there were a number of NCAA. Uh, you know, we were scheduled to have the, the women's Frozen Four Division One hockey. Uh, we ended up with um, with getting actually uh, not just the final four, but we got the quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, because they decided they put them in one area. We were able to work with hotels in terms of of isolating rooms uh, and and providing. Um, daily testing for the players and the staff for these universities. And so um, NCAA was very impressed uh, with that. And prior to that, uh, we were able to, because we offered that same ability for the College Hockey Association, which Mercyhurst is part of, uh, they held their annual tournament here that they hadn't planned, but did because uh, we were able to um, provide the protocols necessary. And again, the universities here really stepped up in hosting these type of events. We were able to host a regional uh, lacrosse tournament, NCAA. And I think this is gonna have some huge benefits down the road because um, we proved to the NCAA that uh, you know, in spite of, of a pandemic, uh, we were able to step up and, and, and successfully host these events um, without having uh, the spread of the COVID for the participants. So um, we're, uh, we're excited moving forward that we'll have opportunities uh, continuing to work with our universities uh, to bring in more of these type of events, uh, particularly in our off season or our spring. It occurs to me that your sports commission uh, had to kind of uh, get more skills in order to, you know, handle events like this during a pandemic. Again, the whole concept of, okay, we're going to isolate rooms and we're going to provide testing protocols and so on. And I'm sure, yeah, the NCAA is giving uh, feedback left and right, you know, back and forth. But I mean, you know, the, the, there's, there's a lot of learning. There's a huge learning curve that's going in and you have to do it in real time. Exactly. And I mean, you know, I, I couldn't be prouder of the, of that additional effort that they put into uh, having in uh, having eerie position to host events. And this goes back to even during the pandemic um, last fall, uh, we were, you know, the, bringing in youth tournaments and lacrosse events, et cetera, um, all came uh, with with us and the Sports Commission following, you know, the CDC protocols, our local counties protocols, um, doing walkthroughs with these event rights holders with the county health department oh, wow. so that they could show the county health department what they were putting into play. And the county health department was able to make some suggestions so that we had the support of the county and the health department saying, yes, the way that, that this is structured, this event can be put on um, and not worry about the spread of, of COVID that, that we're taking all the precautions. So there was a whole lot of, of layers of additional work that needed to be done um, in advance and while these groups were here. And again, you know, the Sports Commission, and they would state that, you know, also the facilities that we utilize for these events, whether it's uh, Erie Bank Sports Park, uh, the Convention Center, 
Uh, and in some cases for tournaments, we were using all of the ice available right. for hockey tournaments and, and used multiple schools. They all stepped up uh, to really help uh, to, to be able for us to be able to host these events. In, in your world, is there a number that you attach to, let's say you're talking about like a, a an under under 16 hockey tournament or something like that. Is there a number that you attach to a traveling, uh, a travel team when they come to town or a traveling participant? Because it's usually, it's the kid and then it's mom, dad, or significant others, guardians. Sometimes it's grandparents. And so you might be into two, three hotel rooms for a night or two. I mean, what's, what's, what's your yeah. stats? Well, you know, we don't have a specific number that fits everyone. Makes sense. And it, we, we have a, a, a system, a calculation system that we punch in numbers and where people are coming from and how long that they're staying in the area. And, and you know, there's, there's a number of factors that we put in and it will come out then with an estimated economic impact to the community. Um, we're also, we're very conservative when we come out with what estimated economic impact numbers are. So it depends on the group, the size, how long they're here. You know, some tournaments, uh, if you lose, they go home. Right. Uh, you know, other tournaments that's round robin, so it keeps them here longer. So it, it, I can't give you one set fee. So for each group, there's X amount of dollars. It, it depends on on a number of factors uh, that we factor in, uh, you know. Including but this is a competitive space. This whole idea yes. of youth and uh, scholastic sports, you're competing against other sports centers across the country, or at least in the region. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are competing now on a national basis for, for a number of these groups. What really comes into play, though, is it's the facilities that, can, that we have um, that we're promoting, how they line up uh, against our competitors. So yeah. it's not as much the cost of hotel rooms, although, you know, they're looking to keep the cost, you know, as low as they can as an events rights holder, but they're more concerned of can the facility allow them to put on a first class event. Uh, and so that's really what we're stressing what we have along with the amenities, the advantage we have a lot of our even regionally or competitors, their event centers are, I don't want to say in the middle of nowhere. But what we can promote is like an Erie Bank Sports Park. You know, we show an aerial view. Here's, you know, 10 or 12 hotels that surround this. Here's the shopping mall. Here's all of the restaurants so that there's something to do um, for parents or even for the kids between games or in the evening. And it's the same thing with the convention center. You know, we can show you got two hotels that are attached to that uh, facility. We got a third one that's a two block walk and another, you know, yeah, there's there's a lot of amenities that are nearby, along with the actual facility itself. And John, again, uh, it's it's the 14th of July. Again, if there's if there's a peak, 
of uh, of tourism in Erie, Pennsylvania. This is kind of it, and so I'm 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 just just from a from a a, a casual observer. In this space, I'm thinking about all the stuff that's going on. So we had eight great Tuesdays last night. We had the Seawolves are, are playing in town for another five more games. Um, you've got the Sunset Series starting up next week. You've got a uh, a, a Discover Presque Isle happening. Um, you know, I mean, and these are all events that are targeted to the locals, but the out-of-towners can enjoy. Speaking of out-of-towners, uh, did you get on a bass boat last weekend? Uh, and no, I was not on a bass boat. Uh, <laughs> not that I wouldn't have, but I think they're, they were full, you know, those bass boats generally went out with two fishermen on the oh, boat. okay, gotcha. And uh, they're out to win. And, and you know, They don't my, need any hangers on. <laughs> no, my using my Popeil pocket fisherman... A fishing pole probably is not what they would like to see. That's fantastic. Yeah, but again, that was a that was two years in the making. It was supposed to happen last year. They they postponed it to this year, and that was a big deal when that was announced. And it turned out to be a, a quality event for uh, for those anglers, right? Well, absolutely. And again, it's the it's the ripple effect. It's they come in and they have a very successful tournament, and they're talking about. Uh, Erie. So we're seeing, we'll, we'll see more individual fishermen coming in from a wider area, along with the opportunity to book some additional tournaments because we have on our resume that we hosted one of these uh, national events. All right, let's, let's, let's pivot to uh, those uh, folks that two hour drive that you and I have talked about many times. Uh, first off, did you guys do a significant uh, advertising campaign, or are you in the middle of that right now, uh, around the around the pike? You know, around the well, area? we're we're really just starting to begin that. Okay. We've we've done advertising. We switched during the pandemic uh, to primarily going with digital advertising and social media, mm-hmm. and we've continued to to push that. A matter of fact, we just had a social um, media influencer. Uh, that is somebody who um, is is on social media. They travel around and they do these travel logs of of their experiences in a community. We just had an individual in here that I think we had him in for three days. Wow! Um, and over that time, I, I think he probably did thirty videos that he's now posting, and he has quite a following. Uh, and, you know, so he's posted up to one hour of video at a time Neat. of different things. So we're, we're doing a lot more of that. We're now just starting up to do more of the advertising, um, doing some radio advertising, uh, cable television, you know, advertising and some print, um, primarily Pittsburgh, uh, Buffalo, uh, which surprisingly, statistics are starting to show that we're seeing, you know, more people coming from Buffalo than Cleveland. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to understand that because Buffalo has the South Southtown beaches. Uh, uh, do they prefer our beaches, or are they going for other stuff? Well, I think there's a number of reasons. Uh, I mean, they have beaches, but you know, the Southtown beaches might equal our beach one. Oh, there you go. There's yeah. not a lot, and, yeah. and access isn't as easy. Um, also, I think we're trying to take advantage of the fact that Canada's closed. Yeah. Speaking and of so, which, you are an expert on Niagara Falls. What the heck? 
is going on. I mean, it well, well, the paper was quoting the guy from the New York side saying, hey, this is a really good time for us. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I, you know, I think people closer in, you know, it, it's good for Niagara Falls, New York. Um, I'm not so sure that people want to travel distances to see the falls and not get the full view. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, side, when people would come, they want to go on both sides. It, just as a side story, yeah. back in 1969, they actually dewatered and dried up the American side of the falls. And everybody said, oh, my God, this is a once-in-a-lifetime. Tourism is going to be unbelievable. Uh, they had one of the worst years in 1969 wow. because people said, people from a distance said, if I'm only coming to the falls once, I want to see the falls, you know? Yes. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm not so sure that that it's it's been great. It's been devastating for tourism on the Canadian side. No doubt. Their hotel occupancy in Niagara Falls, Ontario in May um, was, in 2020, it was 10%. It jumped in 2021 to 12% oh. occupancy for the month. Um, so they're, they, they've got some problems. But I think, you know, what, what we're seeing, and I think we're seeing something that's probably similar to what we experienced in 2009, Great Recession, people decided to travel closer to home. We need uh, hospitality to be strong, like we need manufacturing to be strong, like we need meds and eds to be strong. And it's an important, uh, it plays an important role in uh, in employment. Uh, John, uh, off the top of your head, uh, uh, nor in a normal time, in the middle of the summer, how many people are working in hospitality? Oh, roughly around 18,000. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, it's like, it's like well above 10% of the of the workforce is in hospitality, you know? Now, again, uh, we're, we're in a really weird place right now because you have, you have both hotels and restaurants not able to hire up to what the demand is calling for. It's just like another supply chain issue that we're dealing with post pandemic here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the hope is, and a, and a lot of people think that the enhanced, um, unemployment benefits are preventing people from going back. I know Pennsylvania starting this week is now saying those people on unemployment, those on unemployment have to show that they a good faith effort to try to find employment. So, yeah. you know, efforts are being made to try to, to motivate people to, to get back out uh, and, and get back into the workforce. We were talking before the break uh, about uh, your kind of your centers of marketing. You were saying Buffalo is uh, actually becoming a, a hotter market for Erie as a tourism destination than uh, than Cleveland is. Uh, what about uh, in inland like Youngstown, Akron, um, you know, State College and all that, you know? Yeah, you know, Akron, Youngstown, you know, even even the Cleveland market, but Northeast uh, is is um, Northeast Ohio uh, is is still strong for us. Um, we were seeing and making strides to uh, impact in Columbus. Okay. Um, you know, back in 2019, and and you know, I'm thinking come 2022, uh, 
we have a better idea of budgets and, and not kind of going month to month, hoping that we still continue to see the increase, uh, we'll be back into the Columbus market and um, even maybe Morgantown, uh, South of Pittsburgh. Wow. You know, those are markets. Rochester, Rochester is a very strong market for uh, in the winter for Splash Lagoon, um, you know, that, that they're drawing from there. So, you know, we're continuing to look at see how we can expand what we're doing uh, in terms of our reach. All right. So uh, let's let's think of, again. You're the you're the fellow that's marketing to these folks that are coming to town and you know the assets. So uh, I want to pick your brain because I want our listeners that are local here as they make their decisions of maybe not making that big trip to Disney or that big that big trip to the to uh, Ocean City, Maryland. But they're sticking around. And so, again, if you were talking to a family from Pittsburgh and you wanted to point out, like, the assets that you feel that you that are you can't miss these assets up in Erie, let's let's go through them. So what's at the top of your list? Well, you know, as always, and and often it's seasonal, but, um, you know, the peninsula is, is always huge. As a matter of fact, they're in the process now of installing eight charging stations for electric vehicles. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they're going to have, I think, four at, uh, at, at uh, Trek and then another uh, two at Beach 8. And I think, um, I, I can't remember, maybe it's Beach 6, but they're they're actually installing that. And it's their 100th anniversary. Yes. Uh, that, and so that that's always, but locals always, locals know about the peninsula. We're half the visitation uh, to the peninsula. <laughs> do, so, are you hearing anything about improved cell service? I know that that's one of those issues that comes up from time to time. Yeah, I, I, I know at this point, I guess all I know is that they are discussing how can they improve that. Um, it just, you know, Wi-Fi and cell service, you know, and parts out there are, um, are difficult. Although I might promote the fact that you can go off the grid and still be very close to a grid, yes. you know, <laughs> there could be an advantage of yeah. being able to say, go here and guess what? You're not going to be bothered by cell calls or anything else. So uh, I guess that's, you know, twisting something that, uh, in, in trying to make it into a positive, but. Uh, you know, there's obviously Waldemir sure. is is still, you know, it's a classic uh, and modern uh, amusement park uh, that, that we continue to promote. Uh, I know, wanted so to ask we, you about spending time on the water. Do you find that folks are looking for either pleasure boat rentals? Um, or uh, or other you know uh, you know speedboat rentals or or uh, jet skis or something like that is that is that a, an emerging market at all? Well, it, it's a market we get inquiries. Uh, it, you know, it's interesting you men- mentioned that um, we have a new company in the area that's offering kayak rentals. Okay, and they'll actually deliver the kayak to you. So it's, you know, you can say I'm going to launch from, you know, down at uh, Chestnut Street or, or Lampy, and they'll provide you the kayaks there and then pick them up so that you don't have to worry about trying to transport them. So, you know, we're starting to see more, uh, you know, people looking to do things like that. We do get inquiries about uh, more about jet skis and, and such. 
Um, Do you think that there's of- there's that there's a market there that's uh, kind of underdeveloped? I mean, you don't see too many, um, you know, uh, you know, smaller sailboats that are for rent or anything. I mean, like, I mean. You know, a lot a lot of resort towns are big. Like, you, I think the the bay is too choppy for like uh, for like pontoon boats, isn't it? You know. Well, you know, it, it, certain days perhaps that it is. You yeah. know, I, I think it's also, you know, a business that that's that's a pretty big capital investment. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, to to be putting in, you know, and it's very weather, um, you know dependent sure. uh, in order to do that. Um, I will say one of the new attractions that I'm, you know, looking forward to seeing this weekend, and I think it's going to, um, it'll be a, a great draw for locals and in particular to bring people from out of town is uh, the opening of the Hagen History Center. Yeah. Um, they've got the, this Frank Lloyd Wright exhibit that they're putting in. It's it's his actual office from San Francisco. They dismantled his office in San Francisco and have re-put it together here. Um, that, I believe, is going to be a, a, a really big draw um, here. And, you know, conversations are taking place on developing a tour between Buffalo, which has probably five or six Frank Lloyd Wrights, uh, to, to what we have now to going down to Falling Water, Kentucky Knob and Duncan and, and others down in the Laurel Highlands. Um, I think it's great to put together a trail like that. There is, there's a tremendous number of people who follow Frank Lloyd Wright. And so I think this is gonna help uh, with the History Center. Uh, and they've done a lot of expansion of that uh, and some of the things they're gonna have in. So. Um, you know, I think that's uh, that's big. And, you talked and, and about sailing. A, well, I was going to say there's a subset of of tourists that are always looking for for the historical nuggets of a community, right? I mean, uh, you know, for people that are on on road road trips or what have you, uh, I'm thinking of the new plaque down in Waterford where you know for Strong Vincent and so on. I mean, you start you start wanting to know. Okay, well, why is this an important place in history? And go ahead. I agree. Frank Lloyd Wright, we will see people coming to Erie internationally. Wow. Who follow him and 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 tour. I, I'm a Frank Lloyd Wright aficionado, and you know, um, I know that there are there are places on my bucket list going to Wisconsin, Arizona. Um, but you know we will find people that will be coming here that wouldn't otherwise. Yes. But they'll yeah. come here because of that exhibit. And then it gives us the opportunity to say, hey, look at all else that we have and why you should come here. He designed so, the Johnson Wax uh, office building, didn't he? Is that him? Is, am I, yeah, am he I did the right? uh, Guggenheim Museum <laughs> in, uh, in New York. Yes, yeah. Um, Some it, crazy designs, I got to tell you. I mean, they are. They're 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 crazy. What were you going to say about sailing? I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say also. You know, we've got a a, a new business in town that is is offering on a sailboat private charters, four day adventures wow. where you sail for a half a day, and then the other half a day you'll be doing other things on land around Erie. This gentleman's packaged this all up. Uh, it's called your sailing adventure, 
So, I mean, that's something that's new. Uh, if you haven't been uh, to see a Seawolves game this year, you need to go and see what they've done with that park. Yes. That park is, is probably the finest ballpark for double A. And, and what's really encouraging is we went from last year about um, losing yes. the Seawolves yes. to now we're guaranteed to have them for the next decade. Uh, but the advances that they've made in that park are, are really spectacular. And again, and course, the the, regionally, if you are, you know, if you love the Orioles, you you might come to Erie to see the Orioles uh, farm team, Bowie, while they play in Erie. I, I mean, that's a real thing. People move around for this stuff. Well, exactly. And And one of the things that we consistently hear from visitors that are coming here from even Cleveland, Pittsburgh is, wow, I took, I could take the family and buy them all tickets to the game, a hot dog, uh, you know, ice cream and, and, and a soft drink for the price that it costs for one ticket to go see a game yeah. in Pittsburgh or Cleveland. And I'm seeing ball players that within a few years, some of them are going to be playing in the major leagues. So, um, you know, it, it, it is a draw. And again, it's, it's one of those things where <clears throat> oftentimes it's not the attraction that draws people here, but it provides them the additional entertainment that keeps them here. They may come here for the beach and they're staying overnight, but it's like, now what do we, well, we can go to ball game. We can do, you know, there's, there's. What do you guys call that? Is that called conversion? Is it, I mean, where you're trying to get multiple nights yeah, that would be a good way of saying we're trying to, you know, we're always trying to convert day trippers to staying overnight and people that stay overnight to stay more than one night. And, you know, that's always what we're trying to show and to get them to want to come back. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, you know, we want them to leave and say, wow, there was more there than I had planned to do. We have to come back. What What is best practice? And, you know, I like to get wonky with this stuff, but to me, this is so important. Uh, because I see, I go to places, I visit places that do things really well. I visit places that don't do things very well. Uh, you do them poorly. Uh, how does Erie s- sit when it comes to that kind of conversion? And really, it's a communications problem, isn't it? It's a, it's an idea of I'm coming to Splash. What else can I do? Where else can I eat? What you know? What else is available? Right. I mean, you come for one destination and then you try to convert. So are we doing a good, good job of uh, communication? I think we are. Um, I think that a lot of that communication often takes place uh, with our locals that they run into, whether it's an employee at the front desk at a hotel or it's it's a clerk in the store in the mall. You know, I mean, we hear that all the time that, and, and I do the same thing. I always like to ask a local, what's your favorite restaurant, yeah. you know, where, <laughs> you know, just to hear things out. And we do hear how friendly our people are in Erie, how, how willing they are to help. Uh, and a lot of these things like eight great Tuesdays, you know, we hear all the time from visitors saying, we had a great time. Wow, we sat there. People locally just kind of accepted us. They didn't care where we were from. Uh, you know, we just had a great time. 
And I think that's what really makes vacations for people when they feel like, wow, I could feel like I'm part of the community. And we do a good job with that. We hear that people, you know, will stop and ask directions and someone from Erie will say, well, hey, follow me. I'll take you right to the place. It's yeah. not that far out of my way. Yes. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that, that visitors remember. Uh, and that's why, um, you know, our locals, you know, understanding and appreciating what tourists mean to the community um, that go out of their way then to say, we've got to make sure they feel welcome when they come here. And I, I'm just going to do a little plug. Because we cover all the big festivals and events every every week here on the show, listen to the show so you can know what's going on from week to week. Absolutely. You know. And then go and actually do what you hear what's going on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, again, we we are we're we're such we are such a, a resource rich in in this, you know, during this time of year, right? whether you want free music, because basically almost every night there's something going on in a park somewhere uh, or, you know, or the big series like Eight Greats or the UPMC Sunset Series. I mean, those things that are usually directed to locals, they really add spice of life to a visitor. Right, John? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I know I've said this time and time again that, you know, if it wasn't for all of the visitors that were coming here, uh, if tourism went away, uh, our quality of life here would be so much less. Mm. We wouldn't have the shopping opportunities we have. We wouldn't have the availability of most of the attractions that depend on tourists. Um, you know, Waldemere's, the casino, um, you know, even, uh, even the track out in Northeast, which hosted an incredible event this past weekend. Uh, and they had 5,000 people in, in, in there watching a, uh, what they call a drift. It's the, it's the cars that actually, you've, you've probably seen them on TV. They go sideways, they, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. So yeah. those are all the kind of quality of life things that we enjoy. Well, and, our, and our mall is still strong because of the influx of income coming from tourists. I mean, again, malls are taking a hit because brick and mortar shopping is taking a hit. But we've That's got one a, of the better malls, don't we? Uh, we do. And, you know, the tax-free is is a huge draw. And even with Canada having been out of the picture for 16 months now, um, still, you have people from New York and Ohio. Um, you know, when we look at some statistics of where people are, are going when they come here, the mall is almost every month number one wow. in terms of what it's drawing for people that are coming from outside the area. And that's people from New York and Ohio uh, that are coming here to, uh, to shop. And we recognize when people go on vacation, shopping is generally the number one activity they like to do. And, and we certainly not only have the mall, but we have, you know, uh, places like, um, you know, <clears throat> 8th Street Corridor that we talked about with shopping. Uh, 26th and Peach has some unique stores. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there are areas that we have other than the traditional big box uh, Upper Peach uh, stores or the mall. There's, you know, we have a, a, a whole lot uh, that, of other options for visitors to do. 
I, I got to ask you about downtown, and we're down to our like last minute and a half here. But uh, um, is is downtown becoming more and more important part of the tourism? I'm not saying so, so much of the Bayfront, but actually like Perry Square and the EDDC area and so on. Uh, yes, and I think as as the um, as the downtown opens up, which should be not that far down the road, with what they're planning to do. Uh, yes, it has become far more important and, and a big draw. And as we start to see not only the Seawolves, but the Warner Theater, when that comes back online again uh, and concerts in the arena, uh, yes, downtown is important tie. Uh, but the Bayfront with the new restaurant on the rooftop of the parking garage, Oliver's Beer Garden, uh, no relation to me, although I may take credit for that. Um, but, uh, you know, all of those things, are, are giving us that kind of critical mass to get people to come in, whether they're at a convention or whatever, there's things for them to do uh, that are, is drawing them down to the Bayfront. All right, last, last minute, what are, you, what are you most excited about as we enter into the fall months? You mentioned something about nine conventions and shows that are coming, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, that I think we're gonna see a number of um, sport sporting events coming in tournaments etc and uh, you know traditionally September uh, try to find a room on a weekend in September here and it's almost impossible a lot of weddings right John I mean right but you know as we have the you know the wine trail in the fall uh, the ale trail you know I'm, I'm encouraged as we had that and Canada opens up then maybe we can start to see some of the Canadian shoppers come in for uh, their their Thanksgiving in October and right up through Christmas. So, um, again, as I've always said, weather, weather, weather. <laughs> if the weather is nice. Um, you know, I think we're going to continue on the pace that that we are, and and recovery looks to be quicker than I think anybody might have thought here. The president and CEO of Visit Erie, John Oliver, again, if you missed it at the beginning, he said that we are already, this May in 2021, has equaled uh, the kind of activity uh, in tourism as 2019, a pre-pandemic pace. Again, super swing back. And now we just need enough workers and enough capacity to accommodate and show a, an amazing time to our visitors, huh, John? It's that's it. That's where we're at. Thank you so, so much for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. Always enjoy it. You've been listening to the Joel Natale show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from talkerie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com. <laughs>